and welcome to Your Sparkly Brand. We're here to inspire and empower female entrepreneurs like you. This podcast is all about delivering no fluff, high value content that helps you grow your business. It doesn't matter if you have no budget and are still DIYing everything on your own. We're giving you the tips, tools, and strategies you need to build a sparkly empire. I'm Lauren Tassie, a copywriter and launch strategist, and I'm here with my co-host and branding and marketing expert, Megan Gersh. Hey, Megan. Hey, how's it going? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm hanging in there. It's been an interesting week between life and business, but uh, yeah, hanging in there. How about you? How's everything on your end? Awesome. So Meg, what was your sparkly moment this week? So I am kind of trying to pat myself a a little bit on the back for this because this is something that I have been putting off for so long in my business. I think partially due to fear slash seeing other people do it in my industry already, but I have taken the leap to start to create website templates. And I don't know why I just like have such like mental blocks around this. Like I just have seen that other people have made them and I don't know, like it's just like some of my own kind of like mental hangups. And this week I just sat out on my computer and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to leap in. And if it fails that it fails, then like, I'm just going to go for it. (laughs) And so that is kind of my sparkly moment this week. So are they going to be like for WordPress websites or? So the, the platform that I'm using is called show it. It is backed by WordPress. So it uses WordPress as like kind of like the bones of it. But the the cool part about it is that it is completely drag and drop. So it's like really friendly to designers. So they originally built the company for photography websites to really like showcase, like be very image heavy and really be able to give you the creative freedom that you might want as a creative person. So yeah, I'm just diving into it. Still learning the software. I even like did a TikTok live yesterday where I was literally just learning the platform. <laughs> for the first time, like live in front of people. And so I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but you're watching me learn as I go. So here we go. Like this is as live as it gets. That's so. awesome. I feel like, okay, so this is the second time I've heard about show it. I had a client who's redoing their website and that they were like, oh, we're using a show it template or whatever. So I think that's, this is only a couple weeks ago. It must be on the up and up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think honestly was like part of my hangup too. Like I've seen like other designers in the space that have used the platform. And then I don't know why I just have like such an aversion to like, oh, they've already done it. Like I can't do it. Or like, you know, that mental talk that goes on, but yeah, I just decided I'm going to jump in and try it out and we'll see where it goes. Awesome. I love it. So my thing for everyone who listens to every single episode of the podcast, of course, I kind of like started talking about this last week because it had just happened, but like I have, I'm like really making some big changes in how I run my business and like what part of the work I do. And right now it's like very freeing. Like I started hiring some new people and you know, I don't like, I don't love the writing part of copywriting, to be honest. And I'm a really slow writer too, which I think is part of it. So I'm taking on some junior copywriters, mentoring them through paid work and moving towards just really sort of running my business and not being my business, which feels amazing even a weekend. That's awesome. So are you acting kind of more as like, I know you're, you already have an agency, but almost like editing and like, kind of like the final pass before the writing gets to the client. Exactly. And I've done this, I've been in this seat before and said, this. And then I just basically fall back on, well, it's too much work to hire somebody and give them all the information versus me just doing it myself. But I'm not like doing that anymore. I'm like putting the work into finding the right people instead of, you know, previously I was very much like, oh, I have a skincare client. I need a skincare copywriter where now I really just want to work with like cool people who want to learn because copywriting is not that hard, especially for the stuff I do. It's not technical. Just working with cool people who are willing to learn, willing to grow with me. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yay for scaling. Okay. So today on the podcast, 
podcast, we are leaning into discomfort a bit. We're going to be talking all about how to price your products and services. So it's totally okay to be a little bit afraid to talk about this when you're first starting. It's completely natural. But the more that we start talking about this, the more that we normalize talking about this in public spaces, especially for women, the easier it's going to become to talk about prices. I don't know about you, but like when I was first starting out, it was like the elephant in the room where I just did not want to bring it up with clients. Like it would be the last thing that I would want to talk about. And even when I would bring it up, it would be like, here's my price, but like, like it kind of like that recoil kind of period of like, I hope you don't like reject me. But like, honestly, that is also fine if that happens. So today we're going to be going over some general pricing guidelines and then break it down into specifics when it comes to service-based businesses and digital products and courses for physical products. Yes, I know. I totally, I'm there with you. Even, I mean, even still, I have moments where I'm just like, e prices, money. And you know, cause that's, it's just money that like, it's that whole, we're not supposed to talk about money thing. So yeah. I've been there. It's still something I deal with all the time. So I think the first thing I want to say is only you can set your prices, right? And I mean, even my mother-in-law sent me an email of she wants to start an Etsy business and what should the price be for this thing? And I was just like, it's hard to explain to people, but like, it doesn't matter. You can go search Etsy and you can go see how much every piece of jewelry is on there and be like, okay, well, it's the same price as this, but really only you can set your prices and it has to feel right for you. It doesn't matter if your thing costs twice as much as every other thing, if that's what makes sense. And that's the amount of time. And that's the amount of work that goes into it. So every other thing we tell you in this, ignore it if it doesn't feel right to you. Yeah, definitely. And I would add on to that too, that like, it really matters that whoever's buying the service or the product, like sees the value. Like if they have seen you show up on social media and you deliver value, like in your free content, like obviously they're, they're expecting, you know, a certain level of value in your paid content as well. And, you know, the right people will value those items. Like once they purchase from you. Yeah. I mean, and that's the next thing is like price indicates value too. What's a $20 online course versus a thousand dollar online course. Somebody's very likely, and I'm totally guilty of this. I'll buy a $20 online course and never do a thing with it where that thousand dollar online course, that's something I'm going to commit to and go through the process because I've made that investment. Definitely. And I think like when you are putting together like a $37 course, like the content of that is also going to look way different than like a thousand dollar course, right? It better be a whole lot more robust if I'm putting a thousand dollars in your bank account. Yeah. Um, another thing is like cheaper doesn't necessarily mean you're going to sell more of them. And this is comes also to like, don't base your price on what other, what your competitors are charging, you know, Amazon, Etsy, these sort of like big places that it kind of becomes a race to the bottom. But if you price yourself and you're, you know, we're talking about, you know, quality products, not necessarily like a drop shipping situation where there are a thousand other people selling exactly the same thing. You will stand out and people will go, Oh, well, why is this one $50 when this one's $20? And maybe that is the thing they want. I used to work in entertainment and my, I, you know, I had some wealthy bosses and my boss would literally, she would go to the grocery store and she would always buy the most expensive orange juice or the most expensive gallon of milk because she wanted the best quality. And like, there are people out there that they want the quality and that's what they're willing to pay for. Yeah, definitely. Setting low prices attracts low quality customers. It's, you know, do you want to be Walmart or do you want to be Neiman Marcus? Women generally undercharge. This is, you know, unfortunately like 
an epidemic amongst our people. <laughs> so I have a client who asks her husband, well, what do you think we should charge? And she usually goes with what he says because it's always more than what she does. They're in business together. I'm not running. <laughs> I was like, as I'm saying, this sounds a little sexist. And then you want to find a price that feels good and add 20% and see how that feels. I've had, I've worked with some coaches that suggested that and it feels scary, but it's also like you should be charging a little bit more than that feels comfortable to you. Another thing is to be careful with discounts. We all know whether it's, you know, like for a physical product, whether it's knocking money off your service charge, devaluing your brand happens so easily when there are too many coupons out there, when they're, when you're just automatically willing to cut your price in half without much reason. And you can always change your prices. They're not set in stone. If you set a price and it's 20% more than you're comfortable with, put it out there, see what happens. It's never set in stone. Yeah, definitely. A mentor told me this, like when I was like struggling with like some mental blocks around like raising my prices, but like, she was like, honestly, the prices are the easiest thing to change about your business. Just change them. Like that's it. Like you can let your existing clients know that you are changing or that your business is growing, that you need to change your prices. And you know, like higher prices also means that you need less clients to meet your sales goals. So that is something to keep in mind. All right. So let's talk about pricing your services. So typically you want to at least increase your pricing at least once a year. And you want to do this as you gain experience as a service provider. But like I was saying earlier, don't be afraid to raise them with your current clients. Clients expect this. I mean, you know, you grow, you learn new skills and you evolve as a business. Your pricing needs to reflect that. And if your calendar becomes full, then it is time to raise your prices because that means there's clearly a demand for your services and you should be getting compensated appropriately. So the other thing we want to talk about too is that the time that it takes you to complete a certain task should not necessarily correlate with how much it costs. You really want to take into consideration what the value is of the service that you're providing to the client. So if you are creating a um, resource for them, that's going to generate them hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you're charging like a thousand dollars to, for that service, like that should not be an issue just because you are essentially creating that resource. That's going to generate them a whole lot more money. Right? So it should make sense for that type of scenario. One other tip that I'll give you two is to create packages around your services. This is a great way to bundle your other talents, your other services, like into a package that might better suit the client. I can give you a great example of this. So like when you are selling content creation services, a client might come to you being like, oh, I need to create a TikTok about my brand. A lot of the time creators will say like, oh, like I don't do like one-offs, but here's like a, my baseline package that might better suit you. And it might include a TikTok, a few reels, a story mention or, you know, whatever else is in their package. So that way it's usually can come at a higher price point and it better suits the client as well. And the final tip with services is just to avoid charging by the hour. I can tell you from personal experience, this can get you in a lot of trouble as a service provider, just because number one, if you're good at what you do, it'll probably take you less time to complete a task. And so that means less money for you. And then also there is kind of the objection that sometimes comes up with clients clients where they don't understand why something takes so long or doesn't take very long. So you kind of want to avoid charging by the hour. Yeah. I am on my own personal mission to just get rid of people thinking we should charge hourly in terms of like any sort of creative service situation. I do think like for a VA, it can make sense just because it's lots of tiny little tasks that maybe it would take longer to put together a package than to actually do it. But as I've been hiring writers this week, I hate how Upwork like defaults to an hourly rate thing. It just 
just doesn't make sense. You know, especially me as a writer, like I come up with ideas in the shower. Like my head, my great headline for your website might come while I'm taking a walk. So how do, how does that come into play when I'm then being charged hourly? And then the other thing is I always say for my clients, and this is kind of how I think I can always turn people's brains if they're in that hourly state is it's like, there are no surprises, right? It's going to be this much. And that includes this many revisions or this and this and this, and it's no surprise for you. And it's no surprise for me when I've hired people hourly. Sometimes I'm like, wow, that took you that long. I'm just shocked by this. So it's just, I think we just, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to get that out of our uh, culture. So let's talk about pricing for digital products and courses. I think these specifically have a certain amount of psychology to them when you do them, just because it's like, there's no tangible physical thing. And you're also, it's not a done for you service. You're basically learning how to do something. Somebody sharing their knowledge with you, but you're learning how to do it on your own. So one thing I do with my clients that I do whenever I'm selling something is I use a price anchor, right? You could hire me to write your sales page for you for $5,000, or you could take my sales page writing course for $500 and do it yourself. The value there is obvious. You know, obviously you're putting in time, but you're also learning a skill and you'll be able to write another sales page after that. And another one after that. So using those price anchors as to what other options you have that maybe aren't necessarily exactly the same thing. And then we talked about this a little bit earlier, but before you create a product or a course, think about the price you want to sell something for, right? First of all, look at, you know, what you're already selling or what your audience is maybe willing to pay for or happy to pay for. A $29 guide versus a $199 guide are going to contain two very different things. And sometimes it can just feel good to be like, okay, well, I'm going to make a $29 product and I can do this in, you know, two afternoons or whatever, where a thousand dollar course is probably going to take you a lot of time to put into it before you even sell it. And then for courses, something I always like to think about is can you deliver 10 times the value of the price of the course? So again, if it's a $5,000 sales page package versus a $5,000 sales page course done right there. And if you're like, well, I'm not sure exactly how to do it. You can add bonuses. You can add extra one-on-one support, uh, Boxer app, messaging app, just adding more layers of ways you can help people to make that thousand dollar course be worth $10,000 in the eyes of the customer makes it such an easier sell. So let's talk a bit about pricing your physical products. So this could be applicable if you have a Shopify store, Etsy store, any of that kind of thing. So you always want to consider including the time that it takes you to make that product. If it's handmade, obviously you want to compensate yourself for that time, as well as any shipping costs that you might incur, as well as packaging, any marketing that you're doing for the product, any advertising, and then also taking a look at your platform fees. So any fees that you incur to list the products, as well as any transaction fees that you might incur when somebody makes a purchase. Yeah. I know when I was starting my handmade clothing business, I literally just thought about like, well, if the the fabric costs this much, it costs me this much to ship it. Those were the only things I was taking into consideration. Not paying yourself for your own time is really, again, if it's something you're making or if you're ordering products or you're, you know, working with designers, whatever way the products are being created, like your time is valuable too. And to just automatically discount it because it's your business doesn't make sense. Every piece of tissue paper I use to box things up, the tape, the, you know, there's all these little things that when you're just getting started, you're like, oh, I just want to sell something. But all of that needs to be taken in consideration when you do your pricing. And of course, everybody wants free shipping these days. Like we all want free two day shipping. That's what we expect. So my recommendation to everyone is to, if you can just factor shipping into your price and then don't charge for shipping. I think that is the best psychological way to handle that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So here is your challenge for today. Go raise your prices. We just gave you tons of reasons why you should feel good about charging more. It's time to take action and up your numbers. So if you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it. If you left us a five-star review, wherever you listen to your podcast, and thank you so much for listening until next time. Stay sparkly.